fighting, you know, not always easier rap from outside the cage. Shout out to Misha Tate, whom I what I read was 67 hours in labor now has uh, a healthy baby. Mm. Congrats to her. But I would go in and probably like what's her longest fight she ever did? 25 minutes? Topsies? Sure. 67 hours. Give the woman the Nobel Peace Prize or whatever you'd give for, for that. There should be a, I don't know, uh, MMA Pregnancy of the Year. We're going to start the Pregnancy Awards. <laughs> it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing after 70, 90, 85 hours, give or take, at Worlds? I mean, not to downplay her achievement, which is be- massive, great. I respect it. But I was at Worlds longer than she was in labor. I'm not saying that they're like-minded sort of things. Yeah. Well, you just were basically saying we should give her an award. I want to give an award to people who stayed there and did even longer uh, tours of duty. Because those are the real heroes, guys. Um, But no, Misha Tate is really great. There's a (laughs) really funny moment where uh, today I showed my wife. I go, oh, Misha had her baby. I didn't know. That was how long she was in labor because when you're in the realm of worlds, you don't find out what happens outside of that pyramid. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, I'm glad I was the one to break that news to you. (laughs) You So, I mean, once again, not that it's competition, but Raph did put in more time technically. And I will say you should definitely get an award. Like longest journalist at Mundials, definitely. Um and longest running before you get IBJJF banned. I think there's a lot of awards potential. I we're gonna talk jujitsu nerdiness first. Then we're going to parlay that into some over under UFC 225. Which Raf weird cross section of fight nerds. If you're here for the CM Punk coverage. You know, stick around. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but we're definitely going to get to that here, probably about the the 15 marker. So, and then we're going to talk more Keenan with Jiu-Jitsu, but tune in. I'm so glad you're over. doing like a choose-your-own-adventure book now. I want to give if people the If you're here for the Keenan book, boop, press one now. <laughs> There's uh and Keenan is such a great example because of his North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. That's just a teaser about what else is going to be in this podcast. Raph, let's start up top. Buchecha gives away his title to injured-ass Leandro Lowe. I can't help but feel like for the following metaphor. And this is tough because technically I'm bigger, and so is Buchecha, but they're teammates. But let's be honest. If anyone's going to get injured on the way to the podium, it's going to be me. I'm the injured sure. one. Yeah. So if we're going by that premise, and I think my proneness to get injured overtakes uh, my size advantage in this particular instance. So let's mm-hmm. presume you need to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Your fight. If we're about to face in the black belt absolutes, shut up, people at home. <laughs> we know there's a lot of chapters skipped here about what happened to the world's population. But Raph and I, the show must go on. Are you going to give me the title, as the Chach did, to Leandro Lowe, or are you just walking home with that thing never prouder? I'm going to answer your question, but I'm first going to tell people that we're going to change one of the tags that describes the show as a fantasy podcast now. Yeah. Uh, based off Sci-fi. of this scenario. Sci-fi. 
okay. Here's what I'll respond with, Kev. I um, I wouldn't, and I have my reasons. Uh, not saying that you're better than me at jujitsu. Definitely wouldn't say that. I would say, however, though, I would finally see my opportunity to have a competitive edge that you couldn't erase. Because I still, for the life of me, think that Buchecha, up until the moment, was still looking at Leandro being like, yeah, but can you get back out there in an hour, dude? Like, I saw your arm socket get pulled out completely. But if you ice it just long enough, I mean, you know, you can get back out there. So my thing was... Uh, I was looking on over to well, couldn't be Dino Juice because Usada was there, and <laughs> grappling is a clean sport. Uh, I also want to point this out too: the people who were for uh, Usada, there were empty chairs, and they made sure that nobody sat in them. So there were just empty chairs, like uh, waiting for Guffman for a large part of the competition where I said, is this a good metaphor? Should I get a photo of these empty use auto chairs at a grappling event? Eventually they came, but it seemed like when they did, um, they were very not visible, but they escorted, they made sure to escort the uh, athletes straight to taking their piss and poop tests. So I thought that was notable and, and it's good for the sport. Um, However, if I'm betting, I mean, I don't think that Mikey Musumeshi uh, is one of those guys, but they kept him, I think, probably in the interrogation room for like 10 hours because I went to just try and get an interview with him and he was still with them. So uh, I just I felt bad for the kids. I was just thinking like, damn, dude, I wish he could go celebrate. Um, so uh, anyway, congrats to him. One of the most decorated American practitioners. Here's your reward. Go pee in this cup, but for an hour. Let's say this, though, Kev. Here's my answer to your question. No. And I would still expect you to still roll with me with that injured whatever. Yeah, I agree. What a what a cop-out from low. It's like, my shoulder. You know, what am I going to do? Oh, my shoulder. I don't want to go boo change. So this is the part that you didn't see on air. Because I'm sure you saw uh, the injury that you made you think, well, who's Buchecha going to go with now? Because... They made a big deal out of him pointing at Leandro Lowe after he checked his ticket to going to the absolute final. And I thought, you know, Kev, by that rule, shouldn't Buchecha just be able to point at anybody else in the crowd to find a worthy replacement to put on a show? Oh, my God. No one at the IBJJF. Hold on. Yes. First of all, that's amazing. And that should absolutely be what happens. It's like. Who else was in the point vicinity? Does it, can we repoint? Was it only the original point? Do we need to bring Marigali back? There are so many unanswered questions there, and that is the type of imagination we will never see from the uh, good old IBJJF of A. Yeah. Now, again, the part, awesome. that, uh, the part that you didn't see, though, is they were off on the side, and Buchecha was definitely looking at low like that. And then there seemed to be kind of like a negotiation or something happening because everybody just looked really bummed and that there was serious conversation. And if I'm being fully honest in a disclosure here, Kevin, I might have also tripped over Leandro Lowe while he was being iced. It's not my fault. He was on the edge. I didn't actually step on him, but he had his foot out and everybody was crowded around him. And I just needed to get upstairs quickly because I was doing interviews and 
No, it looked like maybe he was trying to trip me. Did you Arrested Development this? Did you accidentally, uh, be honest, did you Tobias injure him? (laughs) He said he didn't injure him. He did. No, I didn't. I just had one of those things where my expert cat-like reflexes allowed me to go around him, but I was scared for a split second, like, oh, fuck, please don't let me break your leg, too. You've survived just about everything else save that shoulder. I don't. Oh, God. No. And and they were talking for a while. And there was a great moment where the two of them were standing there like they had an announcement to make. And you knew something was coming, but you didn't quite know what it was. And I don't think anybody was really thinking he would just give up the title. I think they figured they had to do the pomp and circumstance of, look, uh, old one arm over here can't do the thing. So we're going to raise Muchesha's arm. In doing so. I saw the two of them just standing over to the side like they were in trouble in school at the principal's office, not saying that many words to one another except looking at each other and saying, like, this is weird, isn't it? It's crazy, man, dude. And then when they went up there, the whole world cried. And there are already conspiracy theories as to why they're doing it, Kev, because you do get points when you win an absolute title for your overall compensation that you get. So... Muchacha gave up the opportunity to win his 12th title that he would have just been handed, but instead gave it to his friend. And no, I would probably not do that to you because I would like to hang it over your head that I have like 12 and you have half of that. Uh, you know, That's just me. Yeah. W- but would you do something different? Would you not do the same to me? I'd expect you to do it. Hell no, I'm not doing anything different. I, well, I'm doing something different than the Chach. I'm taking that title to Poundtown. I'm I'm giving you you know what I love his idea if it had been a prank I would get a fake belt right go yourself on the inside have that awarded to you just so I could see the agony of defeat again wow wouldn't it be great if you did do all those things and I do that moment when you collapse at an IBJJF and just hit your knees on the ground and go no why you said you would just win and that you would give it to me. Damn it. Mean. It's mean, Kev. That is mean. And it's uh, personal. Mm. Okay, behind the scenes wise, is there anything before we bounce over to, to the Keenan whatever that we want to buzz through? I mean, that was the main story. The Chase on the chase. And then something happened to Lowe's shoulder. <sighs> yeah. And here's the the hard part. I thought Lowe was playing his game well. Buchecha looked very solid. Uh, it looked like we were due for a good day, man. And to just not get that match is kind of a bummer because everybody was kind of expecting to see a, a fun way of closing out the day. Um, but you know what the nice part about this conversation is, Kev? We get to start with something uplifting. It's like great criticism. And then you give the really shitty part now we're going to talk about this more on over under kevin but this keenan situation dude i've seen more people motivated about this than maybe anything else uh mostly because it plays to the folks who don't like the ibjjf so if you don't like the rules you immediately say to yourself see that's what it is and it is part that but it's more in that the fucking poor guy dude Keenan's not just out there and getting kicked out in dumb 
ways that don't have some sort of argument to them. I think the way he got beat on this, it comes down to a ref's decision. So there's subjectivity. And it means that you can debate it and you can have real discussions about it. But the fact that there is some sort of inconsistency on how they award advantages and points is a little disappointing. To say the least. And there's a fantastic amount of spectacle, whatever. It's like, why do they do this? That is a testament to how crazy it is that everyone agrees it was a terrible call. Everyone has just universally moved past that fact. Like, what do you mean? Did he lose? Did he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it was such a clear one-sided victory with a call that felt like a Hail Mary at the end that didn't give him the lead. It just gave him the chance. It was like, wait, you're telling us he ties it on that horse shit last thing, and you're like, yeah, that's the guy with the momentum? Like, wait. I've never seen Keenan tap to that footlock ever. I I saw him get semi-close with a meow, but I think they just got so dizzy they forgot where they were. And it still wasn't a tap situation, so it just was so bizarre in the way it unfolded, one of the main ref looked backward over his shoulder as he saw the first guy's decision and looked back and you could see like this moment of pure shock that he's the only one that scored it for Keenan. It was like fucking fight were you two watching just now. Yeah. It, it wasn't close. It wasn't an interesting fight beyond some positional movements. So if that's all that was interesting, you have to go with who got the closest. And it was bullshit. He didn't get those points. Was that because he was holding onto his foot? Did you hear anything up close for like why the referees were not giving him the points for that? Where do I begin on this one? I just think when it does happen and you see... Because I wasn't there uh, around the mat. I was... I think I was actually upstairs at that point. I stared at it and I was genuinely confused for a while. And I got a little angry for Keenan. And I realized that's really what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to us having to be angrier than he is. Um, and I, I will tease this now, but I have a, a comparison, a metaphor, an analogy, if you would, uh, that we'll talk about on over under Kevin. But I'll let you guys listen to that part to hear that one out because well, I, I, I think it got deep in his psyche, dude. And and we've seen that from the post that he's put up. But it's it sucks. It's disappointing. And without giving too much away, I wonder what's next for Keenan. Yeah, there's the question. Uh, more Long Gordon fights, which I will sign up for, by the way. Absolutely. I'm down to buy that fight. Rap, can I also tease, if you want to hear a little bit more coverage on some of the uh, nerdier aspects of the fight, well, great news, friends. Uh, John Evans did a little work with Raf Esparza live at the Verbal Tap Facebook page. We're multimedia yachts. Follow us, tweet us, find us, photo us, follow us live. Facebook, Verbal Tab Cast, five stars on iTunes, just for your troubles. But if you want a little bit more world's coverage, go there. You'll get some. You're also going to get more Keenan talk because we are going to do over-under with another jujitsu nerd because sometimes they do MMA, too, and like venture into that raft. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just like sometimes. Yeah. So somewhat mingled communities. 
even with the world's craziness going on this weekend. But before we do all that, I have got to talk more about what has me back on the bike, Raph. Proven nutrition. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking the core drink as I, I got unhinged from the surgeon. So mm-hmm. I am uh, all about trying to get some exercise. So, of course, I'm going with 100% natural ingredients, purest form, packaged in environmentally conscious ways. You've got to try the core product. It, it's there. Uh, they call it like it helps sustain energy. It's not an energy drink, obviously, because they don't overload it with sugar, and that term's got ruined by Red Bull. This is natural. This is going to make you feel better. You can go longer, at least from what I am noticing. Raph, provennutrition.com. Put in Kevin 10. Just, you know, wink at me. That's what I said. Raph 10. Or Raph 10, whatever. Uh, and if you need to stay athletic, moving, war, and Frankly, I think I could just wear my North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear on the bike. I think that would be acceptable from what I've seen from some of the biking community who really uh, plays it fast and loose with the uniforms. I have not done that yet. I do enjoy their mobility um, underneath a nice pair of normal shorts. I'm not trying to Friends episode season two this. I think people might know. The Phoebe boyfriend situation doesn't matter. NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Keep our friends going. You love it when they peek out because you're like, oh, verbal tap friends. When you're watching on the flow grappling feed that kept crashing or uh, refocusing like you were on a pirate ship. When you change mats. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Raph, let's go play some over under and uh, see who you've got for me to just beat the ever living H out of. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't like your tone. Okay, we're doing it again, Kev. Okay. We're doing that thing where... You know how you say you're not going to do another CM Punk fight? Yeah, I actually do remember. <laughs> I thought we had all agreed. Like, I thought it was on the voting ballot in 2016, but I will, I'll no. look into that. Well, no, 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 no. And honestly, it's been about that long since he's been in the cage. So even worse news. <laughs> but... Here's what I think people need to understand. Keenan had his whole shtick, and we have questions about that. CM Punk is not welcomed by the MMA community or is just a laughing stock. And yet you think to yourself, Kevin, when I've said earlier in the podcast that Keenan's turning heel, and I'll explain myself a little bit later, I thought, who better than to bring in somebody who can merge both of these conversations other than an individual who... When winning his super fight over this weekend in the Tejas, he posed like Shawn Michaels with his new championship belt. (laughs) If you don't know what that means, go look it up. The Shawn Michaels pose uh, with a belt. Uh, It should also be noted that uh, Shawn Michaels did uh, pose for Playgirl. So, clear jets on that one, though, Kev. But... Our good friend... Oh, damn it. Thank you for the warning, but it was a little late. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Our good friend uh, Dave, Lone Star Grappler, uh, Holsey, is on the phone with us, and he has some opinions on all of these things and more, but he is also your opponent for Over Under Kevin this week. Dave, how are you doing, sir? Good, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Did I summarize all of that correctly in uh, your brain, Dave? 
everything that you just said. Yeah, it was pretty on point. Um, had a good match this last weekend. One of the guys asked for a photo, and the heartbreak kid just came over. Man, I couldn't help it. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Um, and then, of course, you know, with Keenan and and Punk and everything else, I'm not necessarily a Punk hater because I am a, a pro wrestling fan. And I do feel for Keenan because I feel like he got screwed out of those points. So, yeah, that's the general overview of what you just said. Congratulations. Way to summarize a long topic into 30 seconds. But you'll do great on this show. So now there's no reason to have you on anymore. Thanks, guys. It's been a good podcast. And Dave's done. Dave, uh, one of the reasons I (laughs) like this, though, is because... We have a lot of ground to cover. Obviously, we've established the fact that you're a pro wrestling fan. That's number one. But uh, we have a trash-talking segment in Over Under Kevin, so that'll play itself very well. Before we start with your opinion, I haven't asked Kevin what his opinion on the whole Keenan Cornelius situation was. Kevin, why don't you go ahead and start by telling us what you thought and how it went down in your brain. Pure fuckery. First of all, I want to say David Holsey also has here to spread love, peace, and heel hooks on his Instagram. Yep. So we're going to be just fine in the friendship category, uh, especially because of his physical prowess. Raph, I there's a thing called superstar calls. It's an yeah. important part of any sport where you give the benefit of the doubt to the most exciting factor. So all things being equal... Those referees should have been like, oh, it's Keenan. Obviously, I mean, let's, what the fuck are we doing here? If it's not Keenan, no one's probably going to remember the next match because we just did this. And sure enough, I, I honestly do struggle with the next one because of the fuckery. First of all, wh- where was the last? They just counted it? Like, they were like, yeah, that was definitely an advantage footlock. And then, by the way, that back take attempted a few. That meant nothing. That was unimpressive compared to a few 50-50 sweeps. Like, get the hell out of here. That's not even fun. That's how I feel about the Keenan thing. Now, that said, his response, I didn't get through it because his beautiful face was with the attachment. It was like, damn. How am I supposed to get through all this? with that? Uh, I thought your actual note to me was, it's long. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that's, a, that's just how it felt. It just, I mean, it's totally fine, Kevin. I understand. It's long. You know, Kevin's not afraid of picking up a good book and reading it and talking about it. But I think when it comes to his social medias, Kevin's definitely like, "What you got to say?" Nope, Danaher, tell me how it went. <laughs> is there a, <laughs> there'd be a great summary feature on the Danaher post. It's like this is basically <laughs> what he was saying. Like, oh, awesome. Oh, dope. That's what he was trying to say. Now, Dave, here's the question I have for you. So you see what happens to Keenan, and you're at home watching it. Are you watching the rest of the worlds or just kind of like getting highlights here and there? And did you watch the Keenan match live? Uh, no, I didn't watch it live. I actually just caught all the, the backlash online because, uh, of course, I was getting ready for my match over the weekend and, and you know, taking care of the stuff at the house. What a convenient so, on. story, by the way. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I just, I, I have my own match, Raph. I just... I, I had more important things. I had my own worlds of my own little world, I guess. Uh, oh. So, so yeah, man, I, I caught the backlash on it. and I didn't see, like, what Kev was talking about with the, the 50-50 sweeps or if the footlock that they're referencing is the highlight that I saw on Instagram on, like, the last what 10 15 seconds of it that's uh, the one yeah 
looked like it was an attempt. Advantage, it needs to be an attempt. So quality control, in my opinion. The hooks, I mean, what else What else do you want Keenan to do? And I guess if those aren't hooks and if they're saying that's not a back take, then I'm just going to start doing some really deep squats anytime somebody takes my back and I'm going to avoid the points. Because that's basically what Homeboy did, is he just sat in that and like he was dropping a deuce on the ground and, and trying to avoid those hook points. And if that works, then, hey, I learned something. You bring up very subtle and strong uh, points that I think any good upper belt should. So uh, congratulations on solidifying your belt position. But one of the things that I thought was very awkward about that whole situation was Keenan attached himself like a koala and made sure to look at the ref. He's very savvy on the IBJJF rules. So it's not like it's a surprise to him. What is a surprise is what more do I have to do? It's a subjective ruling. And not only is it subjective from the one ref, but that's why you have the double refs on the sides looking at it as well. So the fact that none of them even did as much as to raise some kind of eyebrow of, oh, I think maybe that's something. That's where I think there's a little bit of this backlash coming from. So allow me to summarize. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You have a point here? I I, I was just going to say, I mean, kind of like what Kevin was saying in the sense that the post was long, but from what I read with Keenan's post, that was maybe a, a roundabout way of what he was trying to say is like, listen, I've, I've done this eight times and I've gotten screwed over and you know, there, there is that sweet little saying underneath. I'm not saying it's true. I just, I've heard it in the sense that if you're not Brazilian, then you're not going to get the call. I don't know the nationality of the guy that he was grappling, but uh, maybe that had some sort of validity to it. Well, I mean, that's my joke. But, and <laughs> if, it, if it bothers you, like the joke actually bothers you, then maybe there's something underlying that we need to address as opposed to it. So I took the Family Guy uh, color chart that they use when they pull over Peter Griffin, and you basically look <laughs> and you say, what color is the person you pulled over? And if they're very light shaded, you give them uh, no advantage. And if they are dark shaded, you give them an advantage. Now, guys, I've held on to this joke for two years. I 100% made that meme two years ago, not with Keenan, but I said I just didn't feel it was appropriate to put it out there unless I had something to really qualify it. Because I actually made that meme before a Worlds and an, uh, or a Pans. And I told people, I was like, oh, I have this on me. But I don't know. I mean, I always like to try and give people the benefit of the doubt. This one... You don't even have to suggest that it's uh, racist or if it's something that you feel uncomfortable talking about. But what we should acknowledge is this. Why are there no Americans or no former competitors who are black belts, that's Keenan's pointing out, in a salty language, but I think he's trying to make a point there, is why are, yeah. don't you know the names of the refs? Why are they not former competitors? You can make the analogy that in MMA, people become names because of a long history of... Uh, making the right calls, like your big John McCarthy, and then you've got your Mario Yamasakis, who Dana White fucking hates. So, in this respect, you actually at least know their names. You don't know the names of our refs, unless you're personal friends with them. Um, but Keenan's larger point is there's no other individuals who are on there to represent maybe a side that he would understand, or at least one that's at least somehow fair in a way, say other sports are, especially for the Olympics or other like national big 
multicultural sports. So anyway, that's a whole host of uh, issues that I think that could be its own podcast, but I want to harp on this. When I say that Keenan's turning heel, this is Keenan for years of always saying, while other people are going out and doing all these sub-only tournaments, Keenan was the guy who goes, no, guys, I compete at IBJJF. I think it's good, a.k.a. say your prayers, eat your vitamins, <laughs> listen to your parents. And then yeah, today was yeah, the yeah. first hit of him turning heel and going, hmm. When I saw him finger wag at the IBJJF sign, I said, oh, shit. I think Keenan's pulling the Hogan. I think he's going heel. Oh, shit. Is he going to start the NWO with Gary and Gordon that, now? Because I was be going to say, he, he saw the outsiders and Gary and Gordon sitting over there in WCW having a good old time. Yep. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, if there's ever a third mystery opponent for a Gordon match, just be very, very ready for it. And in some ways, it's kind of heartbreaking because... I don't know that Keenan was going as far as to say he won't compete for IBJJF anymore, but I'm not saying it's also off the table. So those are my yeah. humble thoughts on that. Dave, you have some? I mean, you got you to gotta take the fact that he's going to be emotional. And obviously, you know, I had several teammates that trained hard for the last year for this tournament. And, you know, as anybody would. And, you know, you lost on the controversial call and – there's a large mass of people that have your back. So obviously that's going to gas you up a little bit. And, you know, I feel for him. I really do. Cause you know, he went out there and put out his best foot forward. And in my opinion, again, scored those points and probably should have won the match. But so I, I, I see what you're saying. He is eluding to that, but I don't see it happening. He's a competitor. He's going to want to go in there. He's going, he's going to want to take somebody's back, get four points, even if he could get the sub before that. He's going to want those four points so he can move on to the next thing. Kev? I have a feeling not only is he quitting IBJJF, we need to be nervous he either heads to taekwondo or professional hey. gaming. I'm just saying E-League has like a lot of interest to someone that's, you know, done. Have the- you seen his hands? No. Well, I mean, he yes. Be, like, he, would what be, mean? he would be terrible at gaming. His his carpal tunnel and his jujitsu fingers are jacked. He would, you know. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to text Keenan that, and I can go and let him know and relay that message, because Keenan does love him some video games. He's been on Twitch. In fact, I uh, beg to differ that most of the times when Keenan is not training, he is doing video games. And Maybe that's really say, why his hands look so bad. Yup. You know those gaming fingers. And he's getting uh, his ass kicked by referees. Maybe if he wasn't so focused on the video games. <laughs> I sound like someone trying to explain the youth. I'm just To be fair, to... there was somebody who posted on our Instagram to my meme, and it said he was better, but he is crying too much. Gario was robbed in the final last year with Galvo, and two years last, Jackson was robbed with Galvo too. So I don't know that Keenan's crying too much. I don't think the lady doth protest too much in this case. I think he's just saying, you know, in some ways he was making it a, like about him and other people where he's like, well, I mean, look at all these other people who have shit happen to them. And so now Keenan's becoming what the Colin Kaepernick of jujitsu. I don't want to put that on him. It's oh, a different yeah. thing. Well, but here's the thing. He is using his notoriety to address something that he feels is important to him now. Now, granted, the inciting incident was, oops, yikes, 
some bad shit happened to you that caused that to happen. Uh, but I think he's trying to at least bring the light or at least use his situation and the fact that he has a history of this. And I feel like at a certain point, maybe you do kind of have to look at the history of it and say, well, how does this keep happening? And I don't know. I, I feel like it's something that people feel very strongly about. And uh, somebody just commented on our post right now. It says, IBJJF, where ref's opinion determines the outcome. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, accurate. But anyway, all right, Dave, let's learn a little bit about you because uh, I feel like that was a good introduction. I knew you'd be the all-American guy to give the all-American response. You have a Instagram by the name of Lone Star Grappler. Are you the only one in that state? Uh, no. Texas is a rather large state. There's quite a few people. But uh, Texas is the Lone Star state. Mm-hmm. And I like to grapple, so I'm the Lone Star Grappler. Kev? Yeah, I, but Raph, I don't want to overspeak any pro wrestling knowledge, but I believe this is a callback to when wrestling was dominated by regions. Oh, wow. And David Holsey <laughs> knows when you're fighting for Soul Fighter Texas, it's about brand and fear, and I think that's that's what we're getting. Or he's just quoting his Yelp reviews. It was only one star, and he was like, well, uh, I have an idea. <laughs> Uh, despite that, I'll make it Lone Star, which I think is just good marketing. That's fair. Hey, man, it's, it's state pride. Everybody else has their their country pride, and, and I've got state pride, so I've got to represent for Texas. That's fine, and I, I don't take that away from you. Um, I visited Texas. It's okay. and <laughs> it's, hot. it's hot right now, but yeah. Yeah, that's what happens, kids. If you live in a hot place, it's going to get hot. Um, I want to know this about you, Dave. So you are very instrumental on in giving really good breakdowns of, of jiu-jitsu. You very famously showed an amazing figure four leg lock heel hook option for us for our WWE BJJ week that Kevin was enamored with your voice that you chose, which was a mixture of the macho man Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, man. I, I don't, again, kind of like the, the heartbreak kid on Saturday night. Um, I don't know where that comes from. That wasn't necessarily pre-planned. You know, you, you know, I had talked to you about doing some WWE BJJ week, and then that's what came out of my mouth. Something came over me. I don't know. You didn't practice that at all? When they said roll <laughs> on the camera, that's what it just No. Emerged. Yeah, yeah, man. Um Honestly, you know, to another mutual friend of ours, Kent Peters up in Canada, is somebody that uh, got me to start, you know, doing some of the breakdowns. And some of them are conceptual, you know, like, hey, check this out. You know, they're a daydream. I've got a, I live an hour from my gym. So it's, you know, me driving to the gym. I think, hey, this, this might be real. So I go in there and play with it, and it is. Um, and then some of them are actual moves that, you know, I've been taught over the years. But, um, yeah, all those, all my breakdowns are one take generally, um, unless someone's talking in the background and then I yell quiet on set and clap my hands because it makes me feel cool. And then I'll, I'll hit it in one take and be done. So yeah, the, the WWE week, my dusty roads and the, Oh yeah, baby, that, that just kind of just came out out of nowhere. And yeah, I've gotten a lot of grief from it in the gym, but I guess it's a part of me somewhere down in there. I think it's mostly that they feel bad that you're crushing them with leg attacks and they just feel helpless. Um, I know for sure that when 
people get a really too good uh, at their jujitsu around me. I just start insulting them. Kev, do you have questions that you need to get so that you have um, intel or information that you'll use to mock him accordingly yes. in the game? Yes, yeah. Go ahead. How'd you get bit by jujitsu? How to get bit by jujitsu? Um, man, not to give the cliche answer, but you know, obviously UFC back in the day, I got aware of it. Um, but my primary grappling bug, um, and Raff will get a, a, a kick out of this, was Dean Malenko back in WCW. Um, watching him wrestle, you know, professionally, obviously, and seeing him land key locks and then going back and watching some of the moves now and seeing that they're Barato Platas or Omo Platas or, you know, Kimoras or Americanas or whatever. Um, those interest me. And he was a smaller dude. I'm, I'm five, four, 170 pounds. So he was always that short kind of stockier guy. So I, I, you know, recognized with him and watching him key lock and take everybody out the man of a thousand holds or whatever they called him. So yeah, that was my jujitsu bug, I guess you would say. All right. I like that. Well, pro wrestling slash some UFC. So you saw some fighting, but okay. You're training for a few months. When do you start? What age? Uh, actually, man, I started really late in life. Early 2000s, 2004, I did some MMA stuff for several years, um, probably four or five years. But that was just me and a bunch of buddies that were, you know, meatheads and would put some gloves on and go in a ring and beat each other up and try stuff. Um, no formal training. I started training with Soul Fighters here in Texas um, 2014. I got in the gi, and that's when I started training and actually started competing probably six weeks after I started training. And then that, obviously, you know, I got the, the competition bug and started competing as often as I could. I trained under uh, Bruno Tank Mendez here in, in Soul Fighters, Texas, and, you know, that was one of the things he told me is just compete as often as you can. So I've, I've tried to do that over the last, you know, four-some-odd years. And Kev, he is. Ask him for a nice rundown of where he's been competing and who he's been competing for. I mean, he won a belt, so I think that should tell you a little bit. Yeah, I see some fight-to-win Instagram posts, but go go on. Give us your uh, most recent resume. This is braggadocious time. Plus, I really need some ammo because you're driving me nuts. Plus, were you a wrestler? Was I a wrestler? No. Um, actually... But he's got the build like a wrestler, right, Kev? Oh, That's what for yeah. sure. That's what I was pure, I was pure 100% basing it off of looks. My, my athletic background was um, I was a gymnast when I was a kid. Okay. And then I got into, yeah, I got into powerlifting throughout high school. And then, you know, in my 20s, I bucked bulls in, in school. So, um, I'm sorry, you, you, you what and what with what? Bucked bulls? Um, mm. Bucked bulls. You know, a, a bull rider. I did that mm-hmm. for you know a year or two here in Texas, and uh, not. I mean, I, I guess I am pretty redneck for most people, but um, I'm way on the low end of the spectrum for a lot of boys out here. It's not Maybe a true barometer, that, uh, just to let you know. I want to make sure that we say this because not any guest have ruling on this. Have we had a guest that's ever just been like, "Oh, I've bucked bulls," but moving on. Also, I suppose when you look at the tapestry of my life. Plus, how is that not how you got into jiu-jitsu? It's just yeah, no curiosity. Shit. Your ability to probably be in mount is probably the worst. 
Uh, well, it's, it's funny. I use my mount is, I call a bull mount because it's, I, I've got short, thick legs, so I can't, on a lot of big guys, I can't really, you know, get a dominant mount. My knees don't touch the mat. So I've got to, in essence, ride you like a bull. Um, I had this conversation with a, another competitor over the match this last weekend, and, you know, somehow it, it got brought up that I buck bulls and, He's like, man, then you shouldn't be nervous. And yeah, you get n- the normal nerves of any competition, but yeah, I definitely don't have the same concerns for my well-being as I, you know, that I did when I was, you know, sitting on top of two thousand pounds of muscle, pissed off muscle. You know that. Too, yeah. yeah, you you've got a a flank tied around them, or they're you know the the rancher sitting there hitting them with a hot shot or a you know stun gun trying to get them sparked up and ready to buck so that's how raf gets yeah, me man. jazzed to roll I, i'm mm. usually injured so it takes a little extra one too but it's worth it for yeah. those yeah 100 it's uh i haven't tried the hot rod <laughs> so... yeah it'll it'll wake you up so so yeah man i, I did that did that through the 20s and this is awesome had a, had a daughter had a daughter real young so um you know, kind of got her the the young stages, and then she started training with me at my at the first school that I was with in Soul Fighters, and then uh, she branched off into soccer, and I stuck with jujitsu. So, yeah, man. Don't no, don't say that out loud. There are a lot of people who don't like soccer who like jujitsu. There's a select few of us who like both, um, but there's something about the, like who put up like a meme that's just I think it's like a Ben Askren thing. Where he stupidly said, "If you want to treat your raise your son right, make sure he sticks with jujitsu and doesn't go to soccer." And uh, as somebody who's played both, um, it just goes to show that you shouldn't take your advice from somebody with sideshow hair. Oof, sideshow Bob's hair. It was a good reference, but it fucked it up on the landing. <laughs> just know he's dumb. Anyway, moving I also, on. I would also just reference you to what professional soccer players make in Europe and just uh, politely enjoy that number if you can consume I mean, it. The world sport. Plus, this is a very jujitsu tale of you. It's like I raised my daughter. I tried to raise her right. I raised her with discipline, and then she still plays soccer. Like, I bet there's. <laughs> you trained in Brazil, you're like, oh, yeah, same. There's a lot of that. <laughs> Well, let's say this. We're about to play a game, but I think it's really important that we get just a just what I like to call a starting conversation because we can't truly fully harp on it the whole time. But I want to say my piece on CM Punk. You said that you are not necessarily against CM Punk. Let me hear the reasonings why, Dave. I mean, ultimately, man, I mean, how can you hate on a guy trying to achieve a dream? That's what it really comes down to. Well, um, go to the internet. For, and, mm. hey, you asked him, yeah. Raph. Bite your tongue first. <laughs> I, I, I guess you could, right? If, if people just want to, you know, piss on people. But, hey, he's he's got the name just the same way that everybody hated on Brock with it. Um, you know, obviously Brock's credentials carried him a lot further. But, um, you know good for him for having an opportunity and he's going to make a bunch of money. I, I think anybody in this world, if you said, Hey, do you want to do this really cool thing that you really like? And I'm going to give you half a million dollars or a million dollars or whatever he's making. No one's going to say no. Everybody's going to get hated on in one form or a fashion, but no one should say no, in my opinion, because you're going to regret not taking it more so than you do taking it and getting this backlash. 
you know, Jeff, where and do saying you that stand? I'm, and, Yo, go on. No, I'm saying and saying that I'm I'm not you know against the guy or whatever. You know, he's he's fighting a buddy of mine on Saturday. So. Well, okay, I'm gonna get to that in a second, Kev. Where do you stand on CM Punk now? I mean, I'm trying to say yes to 2018. I'm trying to say yes to some of the more. I can only fight so many battles, right? And while while there's a push to be like, hey, everybody should have health care. I've chosen not, for instance, to care what CM Punk's (laughs) motives are. Knock yourself out, CM. Like, this sounds great. I actually will say from a pure jujitsu MMA lab perspective, this is mm-hmm. kind of fun because it's like we took this semi-pro athlete, I said it, and then we threw him into whatever this is, UFC, and I'm curious to see what kind of strides he made. Like, if he gets KO'd fast, I don't know. Where I'll have my money is a different opinion, but stoked to see it. All right, here's some notes on how I feel about CM Punk. I've said it before on the show, And I'll recap this for those of you joining us, because for some strange reason, the last podcast we did before he went into his fight has done very solid numbers for us, which tells me that there is probably some individuals who tune in just for the CM Punk episodes. So in case you've missed the other one. Well, here we go. We touched upon it uh, a couple times, and we likened it recently to the fact that uh, Mackenzie Dern was recently criticized for missing weight. And why is she given so much more consideration than other fighters? And it's simple, because she has a name. Jonathan King was very famously saying, that shouldn't matter, but it does matter. And while you want to shit talk on the fact that CM Punk isn't a name in MMA, he is a name. And a recognizable name. So much to the point when Dana White was confronted about it and asked why it was that All-Star Overeem was put down on the Fox Sports card. They put Alistair down? Yep. They knocked him down to put CM Punk. And I thought CM Punk always had a a pay-per-view spot. But then Dana's response was, in true Dana White form, was, yeah, well, let's see fucking Alistair Overeem sells many fucking pay-per-views as CM Punk has. Which is (laughs) truth. Because, I mean... That's the company that's put their numbers and stock into them. So while I understand many of you are purists at heart, you do tune in for it. And more importantly, you also tune in for the stupid shit on Bellator and give those huge ratings with Kimbo versus uh, Dada 3000, which was or was it 5000? I don't know. Dead. But you get my point, which is this. Sometimes you ask for the things that you want. And you don't back them up. And as a result, it is unfair in your brain when somebody like CM Punk, who has worked hard to establish his name, cashes in on that. CM Punk himself said he should realistically be on a fight pass at best. He's not the one that makes the choices. And I think he's doing that and being almost a little too conciliatory for a sport that hasn't fully embraced him and makes him the punchline. But the mere fact is he's built that name. Whether you like him or not, you can fuck off. I really don't care. But it makes sound number sense. Is it going to be a great fight? Oh, probably not. But before we close this out and go to the game, tell Kevin, Dave, what you signpost at the very last part of that, which was that you have a friend finding him. Yeah, Mike Jackson. Um, he actually is a photographer here in Texas, and I've known him over the years competing. He's you know, taking pictures for me at several of my 
super fights, including this last one that I just had on Saturday. And man, it's, it's almost like a throwback to the original UFC grappler versus striker. You know, Mike's got some ground game. I know. <laughs> Photographer uh, punk versus has, punk has, punk has professional some. wrestler or fake wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, the thing is that I don't know that a lot of people necessarily know is, I mean, Mike's got real pop. He's got real knockout power in his hands with 12 or 16 ounce gloves on. So does that transfer over to the four ounce gloves and on the big stage and one of the bigger pay-per-views of the year? We'll find out. But, uh, man, Mike's got a, a real good shot at putting him to sleep. And well, like I they say, we'll... the fight start, you know, they start on the feet. But, you know, I'm at the same time, I'm interested to see how far Phil, as Mike likes to call him, because I guess that's his name. But uh, as I'd like to see how Punk has evolved. You know, I'm well, there's only one way to find out the truth, and that's the play of the hey, game of over or under Kevin. And now it's time for another thrilling installment of Over Kevin. Kevin. Kev, one real quick note here. Yeah, felt like you left me hanging there for a second. I felt like Job from Arrested Development. <laughs> Dude, was there like, was and let there be dubs. I, I, I like touched it and it didn't quite. I was, no, damn it! Gotta get this pad thing down. Almost there. These things usually go off here. Um, anyway, ladies Our and gentlemen, sound and guy is the power forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I couldn't have made that clearer two podcasts ago. Good, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to. A little segment on the show we like to go over under Kevin. It's a very simple game. We basically pick a pay-per-view, and we have two individuals here who will then decide who wins each fight according to their analysis, their research, and their guts. Whoever has the most picks right wins the game. It's a very simple thing, and more importantly, we judge based on who talks the best amount of trash. Gentlemen, do you understand the rules? Kevin, I start with you. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yeah. I've never been more excited to whatever you just said, but to get to the trash talking part, I'm with you. Excellent. Dave, do you understand the rules, and are you ready to now admonish a person that you've only barely started to learn anything about and still know very little about and treat them as if they are your enemy? Go. Sure. Well, okay. Well, that was, that was a good build-up to, to nothing. As, I'll try to be as mean as I can. That was a, that was a winning response. <laughs> You said it was the Texas <laughs> snare that counts. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's bigger in Texas except for ability to comprehend. But I digress. Kevin, do you have any final words you'd like to say before we get started? Yeah, I'm at least a two-star grappler. So I don't know what the other way you say that of like of a not-a-lone-star grappler. But I'm excited to now <laughs> translate that prowess. Uh, into the lovely art of this mild to mediocre MMA UFC card. <laughs> How did CM Punk get on this one? I guess we'll never know. But why don't we look at the card? And we're going to start in the flyweight division between Joseph Slim Shady Benavides versus Sergio, not my brother, Petis. Kevin, you start with 15 seconds. Boy, this, this whole uh, UFC 
early fight pass is an ode to that almost possibility. I'm going to go with Benavidez just because Sergio has been sad, Sergio, for way too long. Benavidez. All right. What do you got for us, Dave? Uh, I'll go with Sergio just to pick against Benavidez because actually back in 2012, he told me he could beat me up and I didn't like it and it hurt my feelings. Time out. So, what happened? Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. I didn't <laughs> like it and it hurt what my happened? feelings. Oh, I remembered that he was on this card, so I thought about that story. It was beautiful. Um, 2012, when Vitor got his face kicked off the first time by a front kick, yep. mm-hmm. um, which was Anderson, I actually... The, my company flew me and one of my buddies out there to go watch the fights. And Benavidez wasn't even on the card. He's just walking around. And he was, I think, WEC at the time even. Because they had just... Mighty Mouse was the first fight on the card. Put it that way. He okay. fought Kid Yamamoto. And um, so, anyways, I don't think Benavidez was even over there. So, I introduced myself. I was like, hey, man, I'm a fan, blah, blah, blah. Again, he's a short, kind of stocky guy. He looks at me, and I'm like 195 at the time, powerlifting you know, trying to bench press the world. And he looks at me, he goes like, dude, how much do you weigh? And I tell him, and he looks at me with this smirk on his face. He's like, dude, I would eat your ass alive. <laughs> and I started laughing. I was like, and I, I, I'm like, um, all right. And he said something to that accord, but that's how I remember it. Right. And I go, all right, well, you're a pro fighter and you should. And I was like, but I was like, give me 30 seconds, dog. And if I get a hold of you, I said, you'll be screwed. And um, I knew a little bit back then, but I knew technically. And that was one of those things, like, you know, we, we all know in, in grappling and jiu-jitsu, it's, it's ego-based and, and positives and minus. And, and I looked at that, and I was like, dang, man, this little 125-pound dude is right, so I need to start training. That was the one of the things in the back of the day. But, yeah, so he said he could beat me up, so I, I say he gets his face kicked off, and he's been out way too long. You, okay, I get it. No, it's cool. But he said he would eat your ass alive. That's Is there... not how he said it, Rav. That's, I can already tell you. He looked him up okay. and down and said, I would eat your ass. And then somebody was like, well, what? And he was like, alive. Alive. I can, I can yeah, hear some, it. Something in that accord. I've, I've had some, uh, maybe some brain trauma in between them. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no issues here, everybody. Nothing to see. Look away from the brain trauma victim here. Um, let's go to our next fight, which is a women's strawweight match between Gladia Gardala versus Carla Esparza. David, you start us off 15 seconds ago. Uh, Carla Esparza, wrestling dominant and former champ. Yeah, she's got it. Esparza. Okay, Kev, what do you got for us? While I think he's a complete suck ass for trying to pick someone who has your same last name. I am going with Claudia, Claudinha Cadella, which is a nickname that's fine. Uh, I guess it's baby brother in Brazilian, but a CCG. I'm going with youth. I really Wait. don't need. Go on. I'm out. Claudia Cadella. See, I didn't even know she was on the card, and you're blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even understand that. So, yeah, I took her. <laughs> so but you didn't she... research any part of the card? Part of it, no. Any part, yeah. I did some of it, but not all of it. Well, it's finally nice someone arrived with following instructions. Like, people Mm. have been shitting all over that rule lately, so thank you. Yeah, no shit. But you don't come to my house. Uh, This is the hard part. You insult Kevin, but you don't come to my house and you don't insult the moderator. I'm here to enforce and adjudicate. But if you bring (laughs) your shit to me, son, it's going to get really hectic for you. Keep your sights on your opponent. 
see in, in, in Texas, we have a draw and we have an accent. So people have a hard time understanding us. And then maybe I have a hard time understanding you. So it's my fault. I apologize. I understand. You are that. wagging your fluid. finger at the metaphorical IBJJF <laughs> sign, sir. <laughs> you can't, that couldn't have been a more Texas response though, to be like, here, America, we speak America. I've got an accent. You, you, really you hear with an accent. He speaks with one. You know how it is. Yeah. Maybe for this next one, I'm going to use this voice, and it's going to be a women's featherweight match between Holly Holm and Megan Anderson. Kelvin? Yeah, I had one of those moments where I was like, who is she fighting? And then I saw that she was Australian. I am going to... You know what? I think they're throwing Holly a bone here, but I'm picking an upset. Spoiler alert, Megan Anderson. All right. What do you got for us, Dave? Oh, I'm sorry. What do you got for us, Dave? Oh, I'm going to hill hook you when I see you. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> man, I, I want to pick Megan because she's got way cooler tattoos than I do, and I've got some pretty cool tattoos, but um, – Holly Holmes looking solid, man. I've been following her online. She's, I mean, she looks like she's put on some quality size, and I think that the the moment's going to get to to Megan. I mean, it's a big fight, first fight in the UFC. I know she's been wanting Cyborg, but I think Holly's going to take it. All right, interesting denotes. Let's continue on this party, Dave. You're staying on the train to give us your thoughts on who's winning between Clay Guides and Chars. Olive Ira. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Oliveira. Jiu-Jitsu all day. I think Clay Guido is going to try to hold him down, but Oliveira will catch him. So, round two. Kevin, are you against Thank Jiu-Jitsu you. or for it? Yeah, so I'm for it. Plus, you know what else I'm for, Raph? A little thing I thought Texas was for called America. Oh, Clay no. Guido is apple pie with maybe not cheese on it but something hair related you yeah, yeah guida got it do you have a response to that dave he seemed to be calling into authenticity your americanism oh i'm all about america but let's be real texas lone star state we could succeed at any time fellas i'm not really sure what that meant kevin do you have an idea of where he was going with that fine line between the words succeed and succeed because i believe texas (laughs) would become the fastest third world country in the history of down risings that's just my gut wow could be it would be only funny only funny response i could think of. you need to think about this ted cruz would be third in charge right now you sleep tonight knowing that that's where your hierarchy would be yeah but I know. I have nothing for that. But we have guns, so that's the only thing that I can... Well, the only that, positive. Well, let's see what happens problem. with Ted Cruz there. All right. <laughs> I do say. Uh, <laughs> featherweight bout. Kevin, you start us off on this one. It's between Mike Santiago and Dan IGE. Go. Yeah. So you know in Mortal Kombat when the character dies, you're loses, they make you black and white. Well, that's how they have Dan IG's photo on the UFC <laughs> website. So I have to believe that this fight is already fixed. We're in the Matrix, and there's a glitch. Mike Santiago. Dave, what do you got for us, sir? I'll go for the Mortal Kombat guy with the glitch. We'll just we'll go ahead and give him a shot. No one's thinking about him. He's going to come and knock the dude out. Dynamite Dan Ige. There's also a chance he's a zombie, so you could be win-win here. This is true. He's going to walk through the punches and bite him in the face. (laughs) 
He needs to. He needs to call Kent Peters. Yeah, I was about to Sorry, say we're Bruce. getting into, we're getting into Kent Peters territory, and uh, he's due another day. Let's do this, Kev. I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have Dave continue on because now we've arrived at the moment of truth. I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock for this one for who they think is going to win between CM Punk and Mike the Truth Jackson. Dave. Mike the Truth Jackson, first round knockout. Oh, wow. Well, I gave you 30 seconds and you wasted your time. Kevin? I, I don't need to waste it. That's I mean, that's just what's going to happen. I, I see him tapping him up a little bit, working his jab. Um, maybe Punk pulls guard. I could see it. Um, but I see, I see Mike coming out with the knockout. All right, Kevin. So I was struggling with this fight until I realized that we're talking about a fast motion event. Mike Jackson's going to be all busy trying to get the frame and angle correct, making sure exposure hits CM Punk's face just right. He's going to get taken down, heel hooked, and winked at for David. So, hey, you doubted me. And then he's just going to ride the pony. I don't know what he's going to do next. He might do a Shawn Michaels bit. He might kill someone. He might sacrifice a chicken. It's hard to say what you have to do on television, but he's winning while Mike Jackson's busy taking a picture of that foot. There it is. See him. That was oddly specific. Um, This is an interesting moment because I guess we should reveal at this point. I think that Dave was saying that I would make a great co-commentating partner for one, Mike the Truth Jackson. Um, So there's that. Um, Thank you. And Mike, if you're listening to this, I hope that you guys have a good fight. I hope that you guys actually put on something that shuts people up for a while because people have been talking about this fight for a long time for people who don't have a large fighting history as if they know what's going to happen. Rep, However, you're giving him terrible advice. He needs to take this thing to the fourth round and rocky it. It's a three-round fight? Okay. <laughs> who cares? Get the crowd to chant fourth round. Fourth round. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to be at a viewing party of this UFC and have people shitting on it for no reason. Like, make it as best you can. This is This is your rocky moment, gentlemen. And... Let's just make sure that at the very end of it, somebody says, oh, I didn't see that coming because that would be way more fun. So that's my, my hope and my wish. Let's go to our next fight. I'm actually putting 20 seconds on this one. Kev, you're going to stay on it. And it is about between uh, me, Dos Anjos versus Colby Covington. Go. I am so tired of losing this game to Rafael Dos Anjos and Friend of the podcast, Colby Covington, would never let that happen. Don't he's not a friend of our show. I know. But okay. close proximity workplace associate of the show. Colby Covington, number four in the world. I am so pissed at Rafael Dosanos. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Dave, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going with Dosanos. I think Colby's got some some decent wrestling and He's willing to get in there and, and start throwing hands, but let's be honest, Damian Maya striking and, and Dos Anjos' striking is two different things. The way Dos Anjos put it on Lawler the last time, and he is, in my opinion, one of the, the best strikers in a fight. Not necessarily, hey, look at me, woo, this is a cool strike, but 
let's stand in the pocket and punch each other in the face. Okay. Someone tell Benavidez's boyfriend to wrap it up. I, that sounded close to analysis, Raph, for someone mm. that didn't look at anything. Mm. The way my brain works, gentlemen. Mm. Yeah, but you know that we're not fans of real analysis here. <laughs> the way my brain works, gentlemen. Yeah, Is I he know. testing out call, catchphrases on us? I like that. So the way my brain works, gentlemen. Chapter one. I'll be back power. in after my break, y'all. <laughs> so just a few things we're, we're throwing out there all right let's keep this party going dave you're gonna tell us who you think's winning between rashid evans and Anthony smith who do you think has that man i'm gonna i'm gonna go with rashad I, I hope he wins i want him to win um and then i would i would like for him to retire because i don't want him to get banged up too much um but this anthony smith kid there you Oh, I can't hear you anyway, so your time's up. All right, Kevin, what do you got for us? I think he chose Evans. Is that ultimately who we got? You cut out a little bit. Wants to win, yes. I'm blaming the Texas highways. Okay, I'm going youth. I'm sorry, Rashad. I love you, buddy. But this one, to me, is the ultimate put-down fight. Like They put him on fight pass. Ouch. Everybody's going to be fine. Rashad Evans is uh, not winning this fight. Going to the Oh, no. All right, we continue on. Kevin, you stay on this. It's between Ricardo Lamas versus Mirsad Pass. Kev? So you know I have this thing about people that remind me of the renegade. (laughs) I just – I can't get enough – I mean, when you mix bounty hunting with one beautiful man main, you get everything. I got to go with Ricardo Lamas because it just sounds a little bit like it. Sorry. All right, Dave. Got to go with Lamas. Experience. He's got power. And he's coming off some tough fights, so he's going to be hungry. You know, it's funny. I feel like you wrote that like they write the political ads in Texas for your local government. Power. So are are, are you hating on me because I sound articulate and educated? Mm. The fact that you're leading yourself to believe that's what I meant does more to hinder (laughs) your point than it does help it. It You sound like a bartender in a Western movie presently, (laughs) but but a confident one, I will say. About perception. (laughs) Well, why don't we go now to a heavyweight bout? that was bumped off of the main pay-per-view and now is going to be some attraction on the Fox Sports whatever. David, who do you think wins between, hey, now you're an all-star Overeem versus Curtis Blades? Man, I got to go with Curtis Blades. Um, the wrestling, and according to my boy Kev, I'm, I'm un-American if I choose against him because I think he's from America. Correct. And... Yeah, he fought it. Let's be real. He fought uh, a harder striker or as hard of a striker in Mark Hunt and got through him. So, yeah, Blades. Okay. Kev, what do you got for us? Yeah, so that all was great. I do remember him fighting someone. I don't know, Mr. When you teach hill hooks, do you go into like 30 minutes of where they came from? I'm not going to. I'm mm. going with Curtis Blades because they ripped the Kansas City Blades from me when I was a child. That was our no. hockey team in Kansas City. Since then, I've loved the name. Love it now. Curtis Blades. 
<sighs> Kev, I think we're about that time when we tell the guests that there's a bet that comes along with all this. Would you like to say a few words on that? Yeah, okay. So we always make a polite bet. Now, I want to be very clear. I know about people from Texas. This bet does not involve nudity um, or usually any sort of weaponry, though I guess we've never had it pitched specifically, or shaving of heads. Those are the three off-limits. Otherwise, a lot of tangential social media ones, um, some jujitsu related like sort of naming a move after someone or having to roll with your professor in asshole spats, which happened to me. Uh, there's some, there's some ideas like changing your social media. I mean, Lone Star Grappler to One Star Review Grappler for a day. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> Ref. Okay. That's like, uh, that's a good. So without good. saying what it is, if you do have something, do you have a bet in mind? You're asking me? Yeah. We always defer to the guests. So we're giving you the opportunity to think of something very quickly. Oh, no, I'll, I'll trust your expertise. Oh, that's dangerous. We do defer to the guest, but guess what? You don't have to figure it out now. We've got three more fights, and then we're going to ask you about it. But let's press on. Kevin, who wins between Andre Arlovsky and Ty to a visa? Go. I don't know, I'm, and I'm extremely nervous to find out. Uh, two big, meaty guys, one with the scariest tattoos I've ever seen, and I kind of want somebody to like pick up the ghost of Mark Hunt in that category, so I'm gonna will it over to Tai Tayuvasa. Bam, bam. I think he's Australian. Yeah. I don't care. He's got the part. Donald, David, what do you got? Okay. Well, first off, I'm disturbed by his pick by describing two meaty guys. Um, they're heavyweights, so they're big guys. Um, Arlovsky, he's a big Russian, and I saw him some movie. Got hit with a baseball bat in the head. Lived. Wait, what? It was in a movie. It was real. Oh, okay. Universal <laughs> Soldier. Okay, Damn, I thought you were referring he was to that. Universal I just... Soldier? Oh, that's... Hold on. Points goes to the guest for dropping a reference you and I don't know in related action movies. That's on us. No, one of the... He's in two of them, actually, with Scott Atkins, I think, is the other guy. This is uh, correct really because they did the off-brand Universal Soldiers as to do some direct-to-video business, Kev. This was big news for Arlovsky like a decade ago. Um, I can't believe so it. We got a movie, movie night. Movie night. It couldn't be too, it couldn't be too off-brand. It had Lundgren and Van Damme in it. Van Damme because was they were bad Say that sentence. They, yeah, that is correct. They, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kevin said the joke the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, let's move forward. There's a heavyweight fight between Rashad Coulter and the brother of Zach De La Rocha. Chris, David, who's going to win? Uh, we'll go with Sean Coulter. Under 15 seconds, boom. Again, your brevity is not quite mistaken for analysis, but Kev, what do you got for us? Yeah, first of all, I want to give this fight an award. There's going to be a bill Friday night for each of the fooders' meals. These two, it will be the largest. And damn it, I would watch that show. I want to watch that reality series. Fighters eat after making weight. Uh, so that just, I want to clear that out early. We have a classic United States versus USA fighter. I'm going with Chris De La Hoca because he looks the most like a Sopranos character. That is my criterion in this specific point. 
Fair enough. All right, gentlemen, we've made all the way to the end. It's time to discuss who's going to win in the middleweight bout rematch, one might say, between Bobby Whitaker and Yoel Romero. Kevin, who do you have? So for real, when it said Whitaker Romero 2, like the rematch you've been waiting for, I was like, they fought before? I do not remember. It's just not in my brain. I'm sure they did, but great. The rematch. I am voting nay for gay Jesus continually because I think since the crackdown in the United States. Oh, no, you have brought me back. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, I am here now to hear who you think is going to win, Kevin. Well, go for it, Yoel. You tell us. Is it going to be you or Whitaker? Really, be honest. God's judging you if you lie. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, no, I'm God's soldier, so that would mean me. Um... Who is the other one here? Oh, Dave? It's like Robert Whitaker. It's the guy you're fighting. Sorry, you probably yeah, yeah, that. Dave, Dave. Who win, me or him? Uh, sorry, bud. Um, I'm going to have to go with Whitaker. <laughs> A, because he doesn't cheat. And B, because he's already beat you once, homie. So, okay, yeah, okay. No, have- no, I don't cheat, okay? God cheat for me. That's complete. Okay. okay. So when that happened, I don't do anything because I love you. Now, Kevin, is he right or do I win? No, I was just going to say God did that for Lance Armstrong, too. So be very careful. (laughs) Oh, he's guilty. He's dead free. His name is, I know he calls himself God. It's short for Gerald. And do not listen to him when it comes to taking what you're supposed to take. Well, Yoel, how are you winning? Prayer? Okay, I tell you, I tell you, okay? Okay. First of all, I go pow, then I go boom, then I win. Nope. Not, not real words. Just 100% like real words. You tell me how you real words. You sound like a Batman I, comic. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Verbal tap fans. Uh, all soon- right, everybody, I go bye-bye now, <laughs> but I love you, even though you don't love me. I don't even know I came to the show if you don't pick me, but bye. Yoel with all the abs, ladies and gentlemen. Abs Romero would not be a... He has a great future as a bouncer, is what I'm saying. But until then, fun to watch fight. Raph, is that all the... (laughs) Hold on, I gotta... That's all the fights, I think. Ooh, okay. So, well, you... No, you go for it. I mean, uh, did I make them all? I mean, you no, tell you're me. you're right. I was just going to explain. I was like, well, we need performances and fights. That we do. But, I, I mean, Kev, you're doing such a good job of hosting. Why no, don't you I just would, finish I up? wouldn't dare. I, I'm busy uh, slaying our guest. And you know what, Raph? This is a good time to share what I wrote his title at in my categories list here. I'm just Uh-oh. keeping track of the score. I didn't know how appropriate it was until I met him. I wrote the conductor of the suck train. Ooh. So, <laughs> Burn, Dave. <laughs> if you know anything about Kevin's meticulous note taking, it 100% says that. I don't have to see it. I know it's on a piece of paper where he is. Next to his porn name, Bullbucker, which I just took a little note about. I Googled Bullbucker, by the way. You did not warn me about what those images were going to be, sir. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, let's do this because sometimes there are ties and they've happened uh, just recently. <laughs> like the last so, one, yeah. 
let's do this. We're going to ask you both. And statistically, that was incredible that that happened. But it won't happen this time. Promise. The thing that we use to determine who wins and who loses if you are tied are the breakdown of who gets the two performances of the night and the fight of the night. So, Kevin, why don't you start us off? Yeah, this is easy. Uh, Fight of the night, Whitaker-Romero. Because whenever that Athletica main card happens, plus they kind of have to give it to those guys to make sure the money was right to show up. Is always how I feel. I'm going to give performance of the night one to Tuavasa. We love the big guys. Performance of the night two, Curtis Blades, because it's always the big guys. And that's it for me. Dave? Uh, fight of the night. Let's go with Sergio and Benavidez. Little 25ers that'll come out like Tasmanian Devils. Um, Are you trying to amend the fences? Look at you. Look at that olive branch Mm -hmm. on air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I just think it'll be a good fight. Um, Performance of the night. We're going to go with uh, Whitaker with actual uh, knockout this time because he'll have two good knees. And Holly Holm. No, uh, no CM Punk for uh, performance of the night, everybody. Oh, ouch to both of us! <laughs> no, no hedge your bets. I could see one. I, I could see one going to Mike if he gets the knockout the the way he wants it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Man, it's a tough then, does CM Punk technically get it too? I mean, I, I think they get <laughs> on a performance. Wow. I mean, do you if you, do you get any sort of a bonus? Of course, if not. you get knocked out and knock out of the night. No. You, well, if it's fight of the night, yes, you do. Oh. Hey, there you go. Touché. So, gents, I'm just saying, I don't think I've ever given statistical bets, but I think there's been no lower percentage for fight of the night than there is Mike versus CM Punk, which if you're asking why I'm rooting so much for this fight to be good, though my brain says it will not, that's why. This isn't a logic jump. It's like the last time when he fought for the first time. I go, I don't need him to win. I just need him to do okay. And guess what? He lasted longer than Ronda Rousey did. There you go. So <laughs> that's a that's statement. a thing. That's that's a 2018 fact. <laughs> yes. Just want to make sure that people remember it's that. Technically true. It is technically true. It is true. For it, a fight. Did he, did like, he do up. anything? Like, he no. didn't last longer than Ronda Rousey in anything, let alone submitting people via armbar in championships. Hey, hey, listen. <laughs> I'm not saying all of Ronda Rousey's fights. I'm not saying the average of Ronda Rousey's fights. I'm saying Ronda Rousey's last fight. No, I hear I go shitting on the host again. Sorry. Go I'm just saying, Kevin, I don't come to your house and scribble out the buck writer <laughs> on your fucking notepad. <laughs> anyway, gents, it's been a lot of fun here. So here's how it kind of works. We do all of this. Then we get to the actual bet. So, Kev, he deferred back to you. Yeah, I think he should have to. Okay, first of all, I want like him to change it to one star. So he should have to change his social media to one star grappler. Not like you don't have to change the actual handle because you can't, but you could change the name of it and just all day uh, encourage his students or he to tweet out one star reviews of himself. It's just what I want for like a day. And you obviously preface it with this is a prank series and whatever. I'm not saying just organically make it seem there. I want it to be a show. 24 hours. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I want you to know how bad I suck. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You, he's, um, he seems to and, get it. Okay. And, 
in contrast, I think I've got this feeling with Kev when our, our good friend Yoel came out earlier. If, um, if you lose, I want you to do the entire next podcast with Yoel as your host, and oh, you can God. enjoy that. I don't – okay. That's also requiring things yeah, as a like co-host to <laughs> somehow oh, magically no. not – where we were, I, I wasn't given any restrictions on this bet, but I'm sorry. I thought it was just I'm like saying, I tell you what, hold on, Raph, hold on, because we've done this before. <laughs> so instead of yeah, the right. entire podcast, life's a negotiation. Uh, that yeah. to me is like 30 wins of, of victory because I, <laughs> the voice so much. So how about this? Five minutes of me being really nice to Romero, which I have not done in a very <laughs> long time. Down. You should also notice uh, that, uh, as the resident guy who kind of is the uh, UFC fighter whisperer, not that I'm doing impressions. I, I get them on the show. Kevin was actually the first person to do what's called an impression of Yoel on the show, if memory serves me correct. Kevin, what did you do? Gagey's. Oh, you made me read his first statement blind, but you f- spelled it phonetically so we could really break it down. So technically, yeah, I did the first impression. And it's amazing. We we may have to replay that this week. So I'm sure I could talk to Yoel's people to have him make an appearance uh, for a, a, a fair amount of time on the show. Mind you, we also have listeners who I think like Yoel in small doses when he comes on the show. That's fair. <laughs> they they uh, mixed reviews, but. Uh, I never, think, do we have an accord at least, though? I think, I we're, think there. we're in the realm. Yeah, I think we're good. Kev, I've never rooted for you to win this more than this. Hey, I'll take it. I love you too, so, buddy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. Dave, here's what I'm going to say to you before we, we sign off with you. Um, we always do this thing where everybody comes back the next week. So are you happy to come on the show next week to discuss who won and who lost and talk about the fights? Yeah. I'll come back. I don't know about happy because he'll remain to me, but I'll, I'll come back for another lashing. Oh, where well, we were meeting <laughs> you. He likes heel so hooks. Sad. That's like the nicest well, thing you could have said to and us. You're mean to your opponent. I was trying to do my IBJJF finger wag at you. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Mission Good accomplished on that front. And you can find this a-hole if you so choose. Just look for the guy that looks as Texas as you can think. Uh, David Hustley, Soul Fighter, Texas, Purple Belt, Corvo Martial Arts, no gi coach if you want to get uh, beaten up and heel hooked properly. But I do enjoy to spread love, peace, and heel hooks. So people should come train. What's about, man? You seem, you seem like a fun one. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, check me out, uh, CorvoMartialArts.com. We're in Richardson, Texas, suburb of Dallas. Um, but yeah, Lone Star Grappler on Instagram, David Holsey on Facebook. Hit me up. David Halsey, thank you so much for dropping in. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you all next week. Rap, that's just good old-fashioned fun, dealing with members from the Texas community. Can I also say, first person we didn't need a translator for from the state of Texas. So that's nice. (laughs) The translator. You can't. You can't say that. I get that. I I mean, why aren't you like this whenever they're on the show, Kev? Uh, Because he looks violent. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, because I wanted to keep a a safe distance away from too many insults. 
Seems like you might get on the road, and Denver's mm-hmm. a place that people from Texas always go because it's way more fun and doesn't have other people from Texas, just the right amount. So I, I'd imagine we'll see him in Denver. Involved, he'll show up, dude. Yeah, exactly. Kid, like, yelling at my house like he's from Troy. Like he's Brad <laughs> Kevin! Oh, God, <laughs> fuck. All right, let's go. Uh, can't wait to see him do some more grappling stuff though badass guy fun to chat with raf it's interesting to hear that we all agree on this keenan business we agree we still don't like him and he's not that hot right now it, he no. just is oh no yeah, so i've i mean marigali is my new crush i think everyone probably Kev, you can't say that out loud keenan has always been so hot right now he was so hot right now now he's so turning heel right now that's what he's so doing he's yeah, he zoolander so. toing it he was zoolander wow. wanting it now he's zoolander toing it there's so many harsh realities that we're having to confront in this day and age kev i was not expecting this to be one of them me either but yeah marigali in that hair uh, <laughs> and those <laughs> submissions like you know tapping pena which i believe keenan might have done with given the chance which he so rightfully earned i'm not mad i'm not mad <laughs> Marigali, ladies and gentlemen, for mayor of Grappling Town. Next uh, it thing. This is real. This is like, uh, this is, where does he train? I'll look it up. I, I always remember seeing it, but it's like, yeah, I think it's in Brazil. Okay. Here's the best part about all we learned from Worlds. We knew okay. what they are, what they said they were. <laughs> Still an opinion space organization, though I do think we are going to see some steam coming up. Uh, which will be a fun change. UFC coming up. Yoel Romero. Who the hell knows what he's going to say on the mic? But look forward mm. to that. I think it's time for some shout-outs, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, some shout-outs. I'll start. Still super impressed by the work I'm seeing over at the Jubera crew. Raph, just tireless workers. And great to see... A lot of the KCBJJ guys uh, tagging and being social media active about some of their fights this weekend. Uh, fantastic work. Devin was out there. Um, Taylor Kettler was out there again, of course. So just crazy guys doing some more work. Saw KCBJJ had another seminar going on. And, uh, Raph, that's going to do it for me, but those are just my eight-and-a-half-hour gym-to-gym connects. Those are some good ones, Kev. Um, where do I start? Let's start with John Evans. Uh, it's fun chatting with him. I think we're going to do a couple more of those. So be on the lookout for some. Uh, I mean, John's got a lot of things to say, and I think it was tearing him up not to be on a microphone. And, you know, it was tearing me up not to see him at one, because I'll tell you this much, Kev. They separated Tyler and uh, the voice of grappling, one Sean Williams, uh, from one another. To cover one mat each. And I looked at those guys commentating for hours on their own on Sunday. Each taking a mat. And it made me super sad. It because should. it's so difficult to do commentary. Let alone commentary and, with uh, no partner. Yeah, they. It, there's no other way to really say it other than you sound schizophrenic when there's nobody with you. You just go, hey, that looks like a good setup. I wonder how they did it. Glad you asked, other self. I'll walk you through this. It's boring. If you're curious, just try and do it. 
pull up a jujitsu match, turn, oh. turn the voice off, and uh, and please put it up call. for us to watch. There, it's not as uh, it's not as cut and dry as one would think. But to Rav's point, certainly much less exciting when you're on your own. Mm. That that to me is the without the shared experience, you can really who the hell knows in terms of go off on some tangents. And I mean, you're talking to people who have put out at least more than what. 500 hours worth of podcasting for you guys. So we're we're aware of how much it is to fill and to make things captivating, let alone as things are happening fast and all at one time. So uh, we, we hope that you guys uh, give some love to Sean and Tyler for holding it down. And when they did finally form together like Voltron, uh, they seem to be having a good time. And I will say this, Tyler is very well-dressed. I was... Uh, I had to give him a few uh, props for it. He looked at me and he said, well, it's just because I'm the best. And I was like, you want me to tell Sean Williams that? <laughs> Not nah, Doc, you're best dressed. He's best. And then, um, I mean, still best broadcaster, but you do you. I just do what I do well. So no big deal. So we had a very pleasant conversation. Um, let's go and give other shout outs as well, because I think this is important. We we talk about the people who made it all happen. Um, but first, let's give some shout outs to Valley Martial Arts Center. Back. Lots of good training. Can't wait to get back there because I am dying. Uh, the worst part about covering worlds is that my training suffers. So all of you guys who said, wow, Raph, you couldn't have any worse cardio. You're wrong. <laughs> wait for me to come back. Uh, I look forward to that. And to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, which Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. training, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, 11.30 training. Now, I'm going to go down a laundry list of people who I want to thank for all of their help, one of which is Mike Frosto, who helped direct and produce the interviews that I got from IBJJF. Yes, I have interviews, and we've got some amazing people. I don't want to say who I've got. Maybe for VC of Doom, no big deal. Philippe Pena, no big deal. Oh, Kennedy. I mean, there's not many other ways to say it than other ways like Kennedy Marcel, uh, who just won brown belt and then got his black belt on the podium, which it's amazing, dude. So there's lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. And I look forward to chatting with you guys about all of that sort of stuff in the days to come. But I cannot say thank you enough to those people. Thank you to Blanca uh, for being so fun to all the photographers Please, please, you guys, don't hound them for your photos. They are working their ass off to get you some. And we have some that we're going to be putting up that I think you guys are going to love. But they work so hard. And so many athletes, right after they compete, go, where's my photos? Well, friends, there's a little thing called editing and about a million competitors at Worlds. So I'm sure they're all siphoning through their memory cards to find your photos and you will get them in according time. So uh, shout outs to all the photographers who were very nice and accommodating. And um, I want to say this because this is a quick story. I think it's important to share. And I guess it's good that you guys know it, but it really did happen. A black belt, I won't name names, after competing, came over and uh, picked up one of my kind bars. Nice little dark chocolate bar, if you would. And uh, just took it from my seat. My sister happened to see this unnamed black belt. Looks at him and goes, is that yours? And he goes, yup. Spoiler to the story again. My sister gave me that bar. So she knew it wasn't his. 
Cut to me, like, literally getting out from shooting with my camera. I put my camera down, and I go, what happened? She goes, oh, like, I just totally stole your, your uh, kind bar. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? I walk over to him, and I go, excuse me. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I go, is that yours? And he goes, no. And I go, yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself, dude. And he basically started to give an excuse. He goes, no, I mean, did you not see my... My match, I was, and I was like, eh, nobody cares about your match, dude. I had better things to do than watch yours. Here's an important thing to note, dude. I'm going to give you the bar because I feel bad for you. But don't go around stealing other people's shit. And it made me realize this is the stuff that people have to worry about. That guy was just stealing a candy bar. Let alone people get their stuff stolen on press row. Really expensive equipment. So... Sometimes you think just because you're down there, you're going to be in good standing. But holy fuck. And I tell you guys this story for this reason. This is how these people get abused. So keep that in mind when you are hounding them for things and going after them. And fortunately, I had the opportunity to confront this guy. And the people who were very proud of his performance were looking down and not looking at me in the face. To the point where I'm like, you should be enjoying your hard-fought work here but instead you have me yelling at you because you took a dollar 99 fucking item from me and pretended like it was yours so you know afterwards he was very nice but fun times guys anyway um but the best of which is i guess it's a nice way of also paying tribute to my sister who worked so hard i'm very proud of her she's growing as a photographer each time i know i said each time but if you have a a sibling that you're always proud of and you have the ability to do so like I would right now while doing a podcast um, and they bust their ass working for, for you and helping you out. Um, I would hope you do the same too, but she is crushing it. We have so many photos, so many great moments. Um, it's going to take so long to go through all these things and post them up, but we're going to do our damnedest. And if you guys are so interested in getting some of those photos, you can head on over to kidaphotography.com. Keep an eye on them. You can purchase them there. And if we put them on our social media and you're using them, you motherfuckers better give out credit or I will so help me God go after you like you stole a candy bar from me, you assholes. It's not hard. Don't just tag in the photo. Put it in the fucking comment too. Tag on the photo. Put it in there. You can use the little photo emoji and say Kid A Photo at Kid A Photo on Instagram and Kid A Photography on the Facebook because that's also abuse to photographers. And now I'm done lecturing about the sport of photography in jiu-jitsu. That'll do it for me. Hey, that'll do it for us here tonight. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. And good kind bar. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is